Hi, thanks for tuning into the Bacon Wire podcast, episode eight. I don't know. Uh, today, uh, the boys and I talk about the Gabe Neely saga, I guess is the appropriate word to call it. Uh, the Noel Eastern quagmire. Shout out Peter Lawson. And then we have our boy Mitch on, and we talk about ways that we would improve episode one. Um, we do have a sponsor today. Today's sponsor is taking money. If someone offers you money, fucking take it. Just take it. What are they going to do? Not pay you? Just fucking take it. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I forgot to come up with funny ways to introduce myself, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined by the boys, Lucas and Brett. What's going on, guys? Not much. Excited to be here. Another exciting podcast. Got a lot to talk about. Yep. Yeah, yep. we for sure do. So um, we're going to cover what we know about the Gabe Neely situation up to this point. And then we're kind of going to roast Noel Eastern slash Michigan for a little bit. We're going to share <laughs> some retail work stories. And mm. then we're going to welcome our boy Maga Mitch on. And we're going to talk about uh, Star Wars, specifically episode one. So I love that be, he's leaning into the Maga Mitch stuff. He that's, the only way, that's the only way he was going to get out of it. Yeah. It's like the same thing with me and my Whitmer tweet. Like if I don't like accept that. <laughs> And nobody's going to, they're never going to leave it alone. So, yeah. so let's start with Gabe Neely. So for those of you who don't know, a few days ago, uh, Gabe, who was Tucker's first commitment for this 2021 class, and he's kind of been the captain of this class. He's reaching out to other recruits. He's doing proxy. He was doing proxy recruiting on behalf of MSU. He was talking shit about Michigan. So yeah, he, the whole the whole nine up. yards, right? He was retreating MSU graphics. He was, you know, he was all in on MSU. At least it seemed like. And then a few days ago, he tweets, "I have some stuff to think about." So you know, he's a teenager, right? I mean, I don't I don't take too much stock in tweets. You know, it could be about a girl, could be about a class, whatever, you know. And then he takes MSU commit out of his bio, unpins his announcement tweet, and changes his profile picture from an MSU edit to just a regular game picture. So then we're thinking, oh, okay, you know, maybe he's just not sure. You know, it's, you know, it's a perfectly reasonable conclusion to come to because you know what we're essentially doing right now is we're asking 17 year old kids who if and when they return to school are still going to have to ask to go to the restroom to make a major life decision without ever visiting the place they're supposed to be committing their next four years to so that I completely understand and you know Kids flip-flop all the time. When I was deciding where to go to school, I basically was up in the air until two weeks before I had to make a decision. 
So I completely understand where Gabe's coming from and the fact that he's not totally sure. Today, he's been retreating, retweeting graphics from other schools that have offered him, like Cincinnati, USF, Nebraska, Miami. And there hasn't really been any air on the MSU front. We're not sure what's going on right now. Um, my best, most educated guess is that he just, you know, felt like he committed too early and just kind of wanted to see what else was out there, which I totally don't, I'm not going to hold it against him, you know? No, he's just a kid and he made a decision and, you know, he's, he's having regrets and sometimes you do, or maybe not regrets, but second thoughts, but I'm not going to fault him. I'm not going to go after him. I mean, am I disappointed? If it doesn't go our way, sure, but it's his life. It's not our life. Yeah, and I mean, just thinking back of when I was 17 and the decisions I made, which are, I mean, minuscule compared to deciding which college program to play for. I mean, I was wishy-washy on whether or not I wanted to go to the movies with friends, let alone commit to doing something that's a thousand miles away from my home. So I, I like for one, I don't have any sort of grasp on what's going on here i mean thinking he doesn't want to go to michigan state then he's like taking offers from cincinnati so i don't know if the distance is the issue i i don't know maybe he's just trying to increase his profile and get some offers closer to home or at maybe he's aiming to get one of those lsu type offers i don't know yeah yeah i i think that it's so up in the air right now and well, you know, we'll just have to play it by ear. You know, teenagers are going to be teenagers. They're going to they're gonna question every decision they make. They're going to constantly worry that they're screwing up their entire lives. We've all been there. We've all been teenagers. We've all been crippled by the choice of college. And, you know, my mom said this to me when I was deciding where to go to school is, you end up where you're supposed to. So... If Gabe is meant to come to MSU, he'll be he'll be in East Lansing when the time comes. Mm-hmm. If not, he'll be somewhere else, and I wish him all the best. But one thing that this podcast takes a strong stand against, the entire Bacon Wire Network takes a strong stance against, is fucking tweeting at recruits. Stop <laughs> fucking tweeting at fucking recruits. Like, there was one guy it. who had, like, one follower and was like, damn, traitor. And then everyone, um, and he's just going, well, you know, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, he basically was just saying, oh yeah, that was stupid. Watch this. Like they're just, all these idiots are doubling down on going after him. And it's like, do you really think a kid reading this saying traitor is going to go, you know what? That guy's right. I'm 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 fully in. I'm back all in. No, he's going to go, fuck you guys. I'm out. It's just like, you're a grown man. Tweeting at a fucking teenager yeah. about a life decision that you yourself struggled with. Like that one Panthers guy who's like a uh, – I'm not going to get into it. but No. Yeah, but, you know, he, he's like a 45-year-old guy, and he was tweeting at a recruit. And I was like, delete this, man. This isn't a good look. And he goes, well, it doesn't matter. He deleted the tweets anyway, but I'd still keep them. Like, oh, my God, man. You, you're – you're 13, 14 years older than me, and people half your age have more smarts than you do about this shit. I, Just common sense. 
Common yeah. sense. Like if you don't like you don't like when your mom is like, Where's a baby? Why aren't you married? Move out, right? You don't like when your parents are you don't like when people close to you are pressuring you to make these major life decisions. What makes you think it's gonna be any better that some guy that he doesn't know is gonna hop into his mentions and go, Oh, you're a fucking traitor, you fucking waffling freak. You should fucking stick to your word and come to MSU. Uh, no, I mean, it's not gonna. It's not gonna do anything. I am also against waffling flakes, but that's only for coaches. So yeah, I mean that's my take on that. All right, that's I've said my piece on. I've said my piece but on Gabe. Neal. I'm gonna steal what Logan what Logan said a minute ago. It it could be academic issues too. You know, maybe they offered him and then they find, do some more research on these kids and some more vetting and maybe something's not what they thought it would be with his academics. Now I'm not trying to speculate, but that could also be a factor too into what's going on. Yeah. We yeah. just, it could be anything. We, we yeah, honestly anything. like we're doing our best just to kind of guess what is actually going on, but yeah, it's just I don't weird. think anybody has a pulse on this. I think, I think it's an Optum's razor situation where he committed without ever visiting and now he's second guessing himself and he wants to see what else is out there. That's perfectly reasonable. I don't have any problem with it. I visited, I think I visited every campus in the state of Michigan and, and Auburn and the university of Florida and like eight other campuses around the country when I was deciding where to go to school, being on campus is important. Seeing the campus being physically there is important in making your decision. And I think we can all testify that we weren't sure that we wanted to go to MSU until we stepped foot on campus. Whether you were two years old and you were going to a game with your dad or you were 16 going on a, one of those college tours. So it's just be patient. He's a kid, man. Like he's a fucking kid, you know, just <laughs> It's, it's the hardest decision of his young life, and I, I'm over it. You know, just make a decision one way or another, but I wish, I wish him nothing but the best. I think that's pretty much our stance as a group, too. Yeah, I think everyone – I think I can speak for everybody in the Bacon Warrior Network where yeah. we say we wish Gabe the best. We hope he finds a situation that fits him the best and he's happy wherever he goes, and, you know – like I said earlier, like my mom always says, you end up where you're supposed to end up, no matter yeah. what. So, and if you're tweet, and if we catch you with the bacon emojis, and you're part of our network, and you're tweeting at recruits, we're gonna roast you. So get oh, ready. we're gonna fuck your shit up. Yep. Just down. All right. So <laughs> let's move on to this fucking Noel Eastern situation. Um, none of this is official, by the way. This is all speculation. But as many of you know, Noel Eastern left Purdue and then 48 hours later committed to Michigan. Left is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, that's I, – I don't even think it was 48 hours. I think it was closer to like 36. It, it, it was – wasn't it like a day? It was maybe 24 Yeah, it was like – it might have been 12 hours. Cause he, yeah, might, have I, been, might have been a half day. So he tweeted out an unofficial graphic saying he committed to U of M. There hasn't been – it's been radio silent from Jawan Howard, U of M Athletics, and there's rumors circulating that Noel did this without ever having a formal offer extended to him by U of M. 
<laughs> Today, his mom was on a his mom was on a conference call with press, and she was asked if she would be willing to discuss his recent tweet about him joining the program, him tweeting out the graphic. And she said, we have no comment at this time. And when she was asked to confirm whether or not he had actually joined the team, if he had actually been, if he is actually now a student of the University of Michigan Ann Arbor, she said no comment. So I'm not, this is between this and like the caller daddy situation, which we're not going to get into. It's just look it up if you're curious. This is just like a crazy week for making boneheaded decisions without thinking about the ramifications of those decisions. <laughs> like, and it's not even, it's only Tuesday. And like, it's already yeah. a crazy week for that shit. So I just don't understand like what the fuck happened. I, <laughs> I, I I honestly, I'm, I'm almost like, this is another thing I don't have a great pulse on, but I think based on kind of Matt Painter's comments, as well as Michigan not really acknowledging the recruitment, I think that this may be somewhat in a gray area where Michigan doesn't want, okay, let's, let's be real. Juwan Howard probably tampered with Noel Eastern based on the timeline when he transferred from Purdue that committed to Michigan. That, that happened too quick for him to follow everything by the rule book. So there's, that's my first opinion. And the second one is that I think Michigan kind of got some blowback for doing that in such a quick time frame that they might be backpedaling now and not necessarily saying that, oh, he, he gave us all his information. We just had preliminary talks about him joining the program. So I think it might be something with that. I don't see Noel Eastern ever playing for the University of Michigan. I don't think all the speculation about tampering for a player of his caliber is necessarily worth it. So that that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I think I think there are two equally likely scenarios. The first one is Michigan tampered and they were like, "All right, we'll have you on the team, but like you need to hold off on announcing where you're going. You need to sit in the portal for a little bit before it'll pick you up, right?" And he essentially blows his load too early. He, yeah. <laughs> you know, American Pie busted his busted in his boxers, didn't make it. Yes. <laughs> and now he's and now U of M's in a tough spot because now if they officially announce his commitment, then it's definitely then you're absolutely inviting an NCAA investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh versus we can preserve the program and Juwan's sterling reputation if we just deny, 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 and fuck this kid over. Yeah. The other most likely situation is that someone in Noel's circle, because all these players have a circle, I don't care whether they're Zion Williamson or Steven Izzo, they have a circle. And someone in Noel's circle knows someone in U of M basketball, whether it be Jawan and someone in the administration, whatever. 
And they came and they were like, what do you think of Noel? And that person said, whether it be Jawan or someone else, said, you know, he's, he's a pretty decent player. You know, I think, he would be, I think he would be a good fit on our team, right? Just being political and being helpful. This theory comes from uh, Colin, by the way. Um, I don't want to get called out for Spartan fanning someone's take. So, uh, <laughs> Colin, shout out to you. Goomba sucks, bitch. Uh, pokey sticks are good. The pizza. Pokey, crazy bread's better than pokey sticks. <laughs> so. He's not going to listen to this anyway. No, he doesn't no. listen to this podcast. He's he all associated from us. So, whatever. Anyway. Michigan said. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. You know, we would probably we would think about having him on the on the program. And the rep, the person went back to Noel and was like, "Hey, I talked to U of M. They're interested in you." And Noel, who was probably thinking about leaving regardless of whether or not Michigan would take him, was like, "Okay, I'll leave, and then Michigan will take me." And now Michigan's like, "What the fuck? Like, we didn't like." We didn't, we didn't say that we would take you. What, is, what are you doing? <laughs> but I view that as less likely. I, I don't think he would announce a commitment without having some kind of assurance from someone within the program telling him that, yes, we have a spot for you here. Mm-hmm. That, if that really backfires to where he doesn't play for Michigan – that's going to look so foolish for a long time on his side. And he won't, he won't live it down. And the other thing too is he, he didn't graduate from Purdue. That was a big sticking point of Painter's comments. So he can't grad transfer. Mm-hmm. He's got to oh. apply for a hardship waiver to be able to play immediately. He won't get it. And he's not transferring closer to home. He's actually transferring further from home because he's from Illinois. So he's going further east than, his, than where, he's, where his hometown is. He's transferring in division, in conference. It's, he's not going to get it, and he's going to have to sit out a year. What do you do then? Do you burn a red shirt? This, I think this was, this was incredibly short-sighted on Noel's part. Yep. I, I agree. Whether whether Jawan told him or someone in the program told him or he heard through a through a fucked up game of telephone that Michigan would take him, he probably should have at least waited to see one if Michigan actually wants him or two if he had a spot on if he had a spot somewhere else, you know, it's just, that's a crazy move. Yeah. And it's also, it's also kind of on brand for that program that this has been kind of a major college basketball story the past 24 hours and neither their head coach or AD have come out and made any sort of comment to clear up what's going on. Cause right now it looks like Michigan tampered. That That's kind of like the public perception that Michigan probably tampered with this guy. They don't even know if, a kid might have committed to a school he didn't have an, a real offer from, and their head coach is once again silent on um, a pretty important matter. I mean, wasn't it like his first press conference as the head coach 
someone asked him about recruiting and he's like, Oh yeah, we're going to target this kid and this kid. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, Oh, Oh shucks. <laughs> yeah. Did that, like, did I do that? You know, like Urkel. He knows, he knows. Yeah. He knows. Like, come on. He's, he pleads ignorance about these matters, but the dude <sighs> is like, a, he had a phenomenal NBA career. He was around what, 15 years or so. He played college basketball for a few years. He was he the first hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. Dude. He was the first NBA player to receive a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. This, this is not a dumb guy. Like no. he knows college basketball. He's been around it. He's been around the AAU circuit. Like he knows. So and he was part of the biggest pay for play scandal in history, which is that that's a whole other like <laughs> subject we could touch on. But the fact, I, yeah, no, I'm not even going to touch on that right now, but I'm just saying if this happened, like if one of the Ohio state players who sold, sold their memorabilia for tattoos one day became the Ohio state head coach, oh, God. could you like, just imagine that. And then them being quiet when it comes to regarding uh, different scandals, like their star player getting a, in a car accident at 3 a.m. and changing his name and lying to police and the coach just being, oh, yep, that's just a minor team violation. Like, I mean, come on. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, this is crazy. Um, it's, it's a crazy week for people making questionable at best business decisions. <laughs> and one quick comment on the caller daddy thing. Yeah, I, I want to chime in, but, yeah, I just read it. Go ahead. If Dave Portnoy, the biggest asshole on the fucking internet, I'm pretty sure he self-appointed himself that title, so I don't feel bad in calling him an asshole. Doesn't, yeah. He offers you your intellectual property that you signed away. That's the most valuable thing in the world that would be like marvel going to fucking joe russo and saying you guys can have the trademark avengers <laughs> like yeah. that's insane yeah and you don't take it what the fuck are you doing and didn't he give them a significant pay raise to or offer it to them they were gonna get five hundred thousand dollars each yeah. Base salary for the year. <laughs> oh, tough. On top of their, on top of the, on top of a raised percentage of merch and ad sales. And they were going to get the IP. So if they wanted to leave, they had to do fifty-two more podcasts for Barstool. Get paid half a million dollars to fucking do it. Probably even more because their merch sells like fucking crazy. Yeah. Every girl I know who blacks out at Madison's and Mount Clemens has a fucking degrade me hoodie. <laughs> and I respect it. And you turn it down? What the fuck is the matter with you? Yeah. Just not using common sense. That's another, like, tweeting at recruits and then this. Like, just use basic common sense, and you're just going to get through life just fine. 52 podcasts. All you have to do... You have to fill 52 podcasts worth of dick jokes. That's all you have to yeah. do. Two and a half days worth of work for a year. Yeah. It, and like Life-changing money. Like, do you know how many dick jokes I can come up with right now for free? If I got paid $500,000 to do it, motherfucker, I would be – and you can <laughs> – and they would have – they hired them a producer to edit <laughs> and plan out their shit. 
So they didn't have to do that anymore. It, that was that was insane. I can't I can't believe those fucking oh, fucking idiots, dude. Like, yeah. There's a competition for just the dumbest people of 2020. And each week, it seems like there's a new contender for the throne. And they're up there. Uh, I only know Caller Daddy from Lights, Camera, Barstool kind of riffing on them a little bit, making fun of them for like the day that Jeff and Ken Jack were like desk mates with, uh, with those two girls. But I just read the, the whole story because I heard about it, but I didn't really touch on it. I, I can't believe the stupidity. It's just, it's literally the gift, I've said this before, of the guy dropping um, all the car wash stuff all over his car. Yes. It, this is what it reminds me. I mean, you have a golden opportunity here. The guy's, Portnoy's basically saying, I'm going to give you your property and make you rich. Give me one more year. You can fuck off all you want. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, you know what? <laughs> sounds good. They just basically sounds good at him. But has anyone heard – I know the, the brunette, what was her name, Sophia? Yeah, she just she, – She came out and spoke, but I don't know if the other one did. She posted an Instagram story. I watched it. The gist of it was the blonde one, Alex, went Alex. behind her back and got a raise under their original contract, and she didn't tell her about it. Mm. And then she didn't know apparently that Alex had went back to Dave and was like, I want to do this deal. I'll go back. I'll do it without Sophia. I'll do it with someone else. So I guess, I guess that's the point, but man, imagine, imagine how bad that fucking boyfriend feels, dude. He is getting cooked. And I, did you see the picture of him? <laughs> dude. Yeah. The fucking, oh, the side-by-side side with Farquad is insane. <laughs> like, they look exactly alike. It's crazy. Oh. All right. Speaking of work-related issues, uh, Brett, se- Brett, you sent us this tweet. Do you have it pulled up, or do you want me to set it up? Yeah, set it up. All right. So this guy, Roll It Up K, <laughs> tweets a screenshot of a text between him and what I'm assuming is his boss. And the caption is, I'm probably fired, but fuck it and the gist of it is this guy must be like a toll attendant or a security guard or whatever because uh the manager texted him and was like hey did you leave your post unattended and he was like what do you mean and she was like you're not supposed to leave your post until someone comes and relieves you and he was like my shift ends at six i'm gonna i'm, I'm off at six and then basically she was like she was like could you give me a call and he was like, no, but if I'm still employed, I'll see you tomorrow. So <laughs> that's basically the premise. And that kind of like, you can't leave until someone tells you you can leave. Like reminds me of just like the shitty retail jobs that like everyone has to work. And we've all worked those jobs. So I thought it would be fun if we could share a couple stories from our time in retail. Brett, you get first rights of refusal because you're the one who brought up this topic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I never actually worked in retail. Um, what I did is I worked at the same company for like four years. I did a couple of summer internships and then they hired me on full time after college. And like my summer internship, I absolutely loved the place. And then I get hired in and this manager was absolutely, she's a psychotic bitch. Like there's no other way to put it. There's no way to hide it. That's what she was. 
So what we used to do is when we would get in in the day, we had our, uh, it was called an in and out board. So you'd log in your computer, you'd click a button and it change your status from uh, out of office to in office. If you left for lunch, you change it to yellow, so on and so forth. So it was probably a couple months in and she calls me and her, hey, Brett, come, I'd like to talk with you. I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, what's going on? She's like, hey, I noticed like uh, your hours are off by about eight minutes for this week. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean they're off by eight minutes? She's like, well, I saw you arrived at this time and you left eight minutes earlier than you arrived. Uh, what's going on there? I'm like, I'm salary. Like, I, I don't know why you're doing it. Like I, like I was so like taken back and she's making a huge deal about eight hours. I'm like, I'm like if eight hours, if eight minutes is a big deal, I'll just stay eight minutes a day. She's like, no, it's the principle of it. I need everybody working like their full 40 hours for the week. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So eventually this like spiraled out of control where she became just like absolutely nuts about different hours and like trying to micromanage everybody. So, um, that kind of the culmination of the story is one day I caught her smoking weed in her office. She was hitting like one of those vape pens and cause she thought everybody was like, she would, cause she used to get in like super early. So I got there early one day cause you know, you, you can't miss any hours or any minutes. So I get in there and she's and so like, I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, Oh my God. And then like from there on out, I kind of got special privileges. So I got to leave and come whenever I wanted to. And it, it was just like a, such a toxic situation and she would like, it kind of reminds me of these text messages where kind of asking like, Hey, can you cover this? And it's like, nah, I'm good. Like I'll see you tomorrow. Like my job is from this time to this time, anything else don't even bother me. So yeah, that's kind of my like toxic story. And eventually when I, when I left that job, I turned in my letter of resignation at 10 AM on a Friday and 11 AM HR, brought me down a box they said yeah you can go home we're just gonna pay two weeks you don't have to be here so it kind of ended like that um which is like it was super legendary for me just it felt so good oh just being able to tell your boss that you hate like i'm done oh just sweet sweet mm -hmm. sweet glory <laughs> yeah that's i i don't i haven't worked many of those jobs just because mm -hmm. you know i'm a I'm a sub like the worst that the worst that happens to me when I sub is like, I get like the prep hours, but sometimes they'll have me fill in and like some districts pay me for the prep hours and some don't. And I only learned that like a year in that they're supposed to pay you if you work your prep hour because mm -hmm. your rate has that prep hour baked in. So I was like, Hey, I noticed that. So I went to a school in a district that doesn't pay for the prep hour. And I go, Hey, I noticed that when I work and I'm being asked to, you know, fill in prep for prep hours that I'm not getting like any extra pay. Is there a reason for that? Like, is, am I, a, do you pay me assuming I'm going to work all six, you know, all six hours and they go right. like, no, we just don't pay for prep hours. <laughs> And I was like, well, then I'm not going to fucking fill in anymore. Like, I don't know. That's messed so, up. Yeah. So my retail, my retail story is kind of funny. It's not like a horror story. Like I was mistreated or anything. Um, I worked at Office Max for like a year. And I got moved. They were trying out like this new smaller concept store because, you know, every Office Max is fucking 8,000 square feet. And it's just <laughs> cavernous. 
So they try out this new concept and it's kind of busy for like the first two weeks. And then after that, it's like two customers an hour. So I would just take like absurdly long bathroom breaks. Like I'm talking like 15, 20 minutes. And this was like back peak vine. So I would be like, I would be on vine for like 20 minutes, an hour, every hour. So the manager that was working there was cool with it. And, you know, he was kind of cool. You know, we had an understanding. I did my shit. You know, he did his shit. And as long as my, as long as my drawer wasn't, as long as my drawer wasn't off and, you know, I wasn't telling customers to go fuck themselves, we were cool. That manager left and a new one came in and he was like, he was an assistant manager, so he couldn't do shit. And then he became manager and he was like, huh. Hey, why do you take so, so many bathroom breaks and why are they so long? So I'm off the top of my head. I said, I have IBS. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, like the old guy, I think his name was like Mike. Mike didn't even ask. So like, I just thought, you know, like you couldn't ask that kind of stuff. Like I thought it was like a violation of some kind of law. <laughs> that's, oh, that's great. <laughs> if you, if you said that to me, like, cause I was a store manager, I would just say, okay, understood. Yeah. Yeah. And, or you can say you, you you go down further, you're going to get in trouble with HR. Yeah. yeah. Why, or why ask? Like it's somebody else is using the bathroom. Like well, I, that doesn't concern you. And it's right. not like I'm actively like making the work harder for everyone else. There was no one ever fucking in there. Like I just. It's, it's empty. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking empty store. Let me, you won't let me sit in the office chair section and watch vines. So let me sit on the <laughs> fucking toilet seat down. My pants are still on. And let me just fucking watch, watch vines. It's not hard. No. Oh. Simple things. Lucas, you have the most experience in retail, oh. not because you're the dad of bacon wire, but also because. <laughs> well, um, you were the I, man. I, huh? You were the man. You were. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty good, I mean, it was a good career. I worked for Dunham Sports. Um put 10 years in I got somehow got cut from the fucking golf team in high school I don't know how that happened but when you put a left-hander who can slice the, the complete opposite way on a on a course that doesn't favor left-handed golfers then you're going to get cut so I applied for the job you know they built a store in my hometown and I got in and I just worked nights and weekends after school and it, it turned a career. Like a couple of years later, I was a key holding manager and, um, you know, ran the shoe department. So I'm an expert on those air monarchs. Um, the dad shoe. I seriously probably sold a couple thousand pairs. Like <laughs> if I air monarchs, air monarchs in seven fifties, baby. Yeah. All, all the new balance. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yep. The seven fifties and the seven fifties. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this was when I was a key manager and um, I was working in the back room doing shoe stock and I got paged to the front and I walked by the fitness section on my way up and I just, this loft of shit smell just takes over and I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, okay, I'll do the, deal with that in a minute. I walk up to the front and the alarm panel's beeping 
because that's where we set the alarm, you know, and we go home, et cetera. And two of the girls are laughing up front. One of, one of my coworkers, or both my coworkers, one of them, another manager, they're laughing. And <laughs> I'm, I, I shut the panel off and there's this old lady that's sitting there by the registers going, I'm so sorry, but he just really had to go. And my mind is like, what? Oh no! I, just, I didn't know what to think. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm again. I'm just oblivious to it. So I walk. I just say, "Oh no, that's okay." And and the girls are laughing at me. I'm like, "What the fuck am I walking into?" And I walk towards the back office on the other side of the shoe department because it was a, it was like a part of an old Kmart. So we took their old break room, and I'm walking in the break room to get a drink. And I walk by the the bathrooms because they're right next to it, and you need a key to get into them. It it was the worst smelling smell of my life. <laughs> it smelled like pure shit. And <laughs> I was like sweating a little bit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And my boss, the store manager at the time, who was fucking awesome, he he's eating lunch. And I'm like, he had the door shut. And we never shut the door of the break room, but he had the door shut. I'm like, do you smell shit? <laughs> and he said, I'm not cleaning it up. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, why did the alarm panel go off out front? I was like, it's like some guy came up to me, ran in here and was like, can you let me out? Can you let me out of the, the emergency exit right by the back, right by the break room? And he goes, no, I, I can't do that. And he goes, I shit my pants. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, so this guy's in the back right now. Or this guy's outside of our door. He's going, yeah, his wife's pulling around to go get him. I'm like, <laughs> so let me guess. I'm cleaning. He's like, I'll cover for you while you clean it. I'm like, yeah, oh. that's what's. But I mean, he was on his lunch break too, and we had other managers there. So I'm like, and I have a pretty good stomach. So I'm going, okay. This is this is my calling here, and I I just knew I was getting. Into, I doubled up on the rubber gloves, grabbed like two bottles of Lysol, had them like in my pockets as holsters. And, you know, got the mop bucket and all the sprays you can think of. I walk in this bathroom, and now it's a small one. It's like um, one urinal, yeah, one urinal and then a stall. And, and two, or no, two urinals, a stall, and a sinks. I walk in, and it is like a crime scene. It is like a person that was composed of poop spontaneously combusted all over the floor and the sink and the Ugh. paper towel dispenser. And so I'm just like, I mean, I plug my nose up. I use a clothespin and plug my nose up because it was bad for me. And I, I'm just examining this scene. I'm like, what the fuck happened in here? And I walk into the toilet and the toilet's just caked in shit. <laughs> and there's poop. <laughs> there's poop footprints. <laughs> I I was laughing, and then the guy left his wallet on the toilet paper dispenser. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta take a look at who it is. So I looked at like the license just to see his name, like, and it was an older guy. I'm like, oh man, he probably just had an accident. I'm like, you know, I'll laugh when someone poops himself, but I'm like, this dude might have gotten just straight up sick. Like he, his wife said they went to Applebee's. I'm like, he probably had something that just made him dump. Like. Dump it all out. Oh my! Empty his entire God. body, and so I cleaned up. It took me an hour. I mean, I I mopped the floor, and then I like double sprayed and lysoled everything, 
and <laughs> like I took I took the trash out because the trash smelled like pure shit, and I I cleaned and disinfected the whole bathroom, and a guy wanted to come in halfway through. <laughs> knocking on the door because he heard me i'm like get out no i just said hey man i'm gonna be honest with you i, I want to let you in but if you want to i'll let you in the women's room and i'll watch it so no one goes in i said this is a disaster in here and he goes i'll go next door because we had a big lots next door and oh man i'll never forget it because i had to like open up the back door like with my lock and key to go through <laughs> throughout the shit trash and I, I kind of Lysol his wallet a little bit just to be nice. I wiped it down for him and I left it at the front. I left it in our safe until he showed up. But I, I wasn't there when he came back because I was just going to say, you know what, man? It's okay. It happens. Yeah. But that, oh, my God. I'll, ne- I'll like, never uh, forget walking into that. I mean, poop footprints. I'd never seen that in my life. <laughs> it was like that scene in uh, Daddy Daycare where the kid was like, I missed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, um, you didn't pull I, threw out, I threw out the mop head and everything. Like, oh, you God. have to. It's almost like uh, Big Daddy when Adam Sandler would just put like the newspaper on the ground and the kid would like pee himself. <laughs> all right, all better. Oh God, she, she'll be back in a couple days. Let's just do this. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, oh know, my I, God. I have a couple other ones, but that I mean that one. That's that's the most haunting one i have another poop story from another store no 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 we're not gonna go that far (laughs) one's enough one's Uh, enough i i have a quick one i worked at party city during halloween and they scheduled me on halloween which like i (laughs) thought was the dumbest fucking shit ever who the fuck is gonna buy a costume on halloween and plus it wasn't it was on a wednesday that year was it busy no they were fucking dead so I was like, hey, can I just go home? Like, it's it's dead. And they were like, no, you can't. You have to stay until the end of your shift. And I was like, all right, can I go get my meal? And they were like, your shift's only four, four hours. Do you really need your meal? And I was like, well, I was a minor at the time. I think I was like 16. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm a minor. I'm working for four hours you have to give me a 30 minute break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, all right, fine. Just go. So I got my coat. I clocked out like fully clocked out. I just fucking left. I didn't, I didn't go back. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, that's the law. I mean, that pe- they have people check time records for that shit too. That's so fucking the- hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck am I working at a Halloween store on Halloween for? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. And they had this weird like point system where like where like the manager it was like fucking it was like fucking the apprentice. Like they hired like eight eight people to like work just for Halloween. And then the manager was like kept this fucking board with points on the wall in the like back room. And it was like if you got so many you know the top two point getters at the end got offered a regular job Mm. i was like what the fuck is this place so he hired a bunch of temps and then like chose from them yeah he hired eight games eight seasonal temps or like 10 and then he was like i'm gonna offer two of you like permanent jobs permanent part-time jobs so they, so we hired temporary part timers 
to compete to be permanent part-timers. It's like, go fuck yourself, dude. Plus the manager smelled like ass. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're doing now. We're going to have our boy Maga Mitch on in a minute. Uh, Lucas and I both love Star Wars. We're both very much into Star Wars. We, you know, that's one of the things when we met on Reddit, that's one of the things we talked about besides MSU was Star Wars. And, you know, our favorite, our favorite podcast, the podcast subreddit we met on, their first episode was basically like what was going to happen in episode eight. That was, wasn't that the Genesis? Like Trill was like, Hey, you guys want to talk about last Jedi? And then, a podcast just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like the LCB or Lights Camera Barstool origin story. So, Brett, we come to find out, has never watched a single minute of Star Wars anything. Nope. So zero knowledge outside of like popular sayings and obviously like gifts. Other than that, nothing. So we thought it would be a fun idea. Wow. If we went through the yeah. <laughs> wow. 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 If we went through the saga and proposed changes, you know, some of these segments are going to be longer than others, depending on the quality of movie. And we decided to start with episode one. So here's our talk with our boy Mitch about how we would fix episode one, The Phantom Menace. All right, we so back. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, we welcome on. We welcome our boy Mitch. Uh, he's here to chop up Star Wars with us. So, yeah. Mitch, what is your connection to Star Wars? We kind of went over it a little bit before he came on, but you know, what's your? How would you describe your fandom level? Um. Well, I mean, I've always liked it uh, ever since I was a kid. Like, we had the VHS box set of, like, four, five, and six. My Like, my dad had it for when he was a kid. So, uh, you know, we we always watched Star Wars. And then, um, I mean, during quarantine, I took, like, a pretty, like, decent deep dive and went back and watched all the movies, uh, got into Clone Wars, and um, haven't watched Resistance yet, but I watched Star Wars Rebels after I watched Clone Wars, and... You know, that was, uh, it filled in, and honestly, both of those filled in a lot of blanks in, um, like, in between two and three, and then, uh, like, I think it was, like, I think Rebels was, like, four to five or four to six or something. Yeah, I think, I think the one kind of common praise that the Clone Wars animated series gets is that it kind of makes the prequels better. And I actually, Lucas didn't. Brett, you watched it for the first time. But Sorry. I went back and rewatched Phantom Menace on Sunday for the first time, probably since I was like maybe 10 or 12. Oh, wow. And I honestly don't think it's that bad. Like, I think... I don't think it needs like a tear down page one rewrite. I think the ideas that are there are really cool and really good. I just think it needs some tweaks here and tweaks there. And it would be a, it would be a fantastic film. So Lucas, you're more in favor of a burn it down, burn it all down type approach. 
Well, so, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. You know, what are, what are some of the changes you would make? I would, okay, I thought about this, but um, my spouse, I'm not going to say the other word because I'll get made fun of. She, she, she made my a good, wife. She made a good point, like, you know, you need Jar Jar Binks in there, part of it to sell toys, and I get that. But I would have definitely lowered his presence in the movie. I wouldn't say I'm thinking about it because I can relive that whole movie in my head and I'm reading the Wikipedia I wouldn't say complete teardown, but like I would want someone to go in and re-edit the whole movie. Maybe switch some things around and make it make it a little more condensed. Because even though it's only two hours and thirteen minutes, it's it feels like a longer movie. But I would leave the 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 fight between uh, Maul and Qui Gon and Obi Wan is so fucking good. You leave that alone. Like I will give it that. The lightsaber battles and the prequel trilogy are pretty fucking good when, when they're there yeah i think i think the biggest problem with the script is the dialogue yes you know if, it, um episode a new hope kind of had the same problem uh harrison ford in the uh, empire of dreams documentary uh was recalled on the set of a new hope he said to george <laughs> you can write this shit but you can't say it <laughs> <laughs> meaning like and you can kind of see it in some scenes in New Hope. Like, there's a lot of weird things. Like, Han Solo keeps calling Leia your worshipfulness or whatever. Yeah, your worshipfulness. Yeah, your worshipfulness. And, <laughs> you know, just things like that where it's just kind of like, what? So, and I, like, if you just tweak that, there's a lot of expository dialogue. Like, a lot of unnecessary expository dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a scene where like the trade federation guys are like on a video conference call with queen amidala and one of the trade federation guys was like that's queen amidala like the chappy meme like i just i was like why do you need why do you need to point out that that's queen amidala why can't you just address <laughs> her as queen amidala like why do you need right. to go like that's chappy like I just don't. I, and my biggest thing that i have against the movie and I'm going to say this, like Jake Lloyd, I feel bad for him because it's completely ruined his life. But I think the kind of weird thing is that, you know, you have Amidala, who's a teenager, falling, or not, but, but like, and then you have Anakin kind of simping for her, and he's only like nine years old. That's kind of the, a weird thing about it. Yeah, I think if you had, I, if you had I Hayden Christensen start from episode one i think it would have been way better i think i would have tolerated a lot more than i do now i like so i thought the same thing and i i always thought padme was way older and so i looked it up and i was like they're only five years different so like at nine and 14 it's it's not like out of the realm that like a nine-year-old has a crush on like someone who's 14. Like, you know, nine, it, at nine years old, like, you're starting to look at, you're starting to look at women, you know, you're getting that tingly feeling every now and then. <laughs> like, Where are you getting you that know? tingly feeling, Rich? Could you be a little more specific, <laughs> lower anatomically correct? No, uh, I, I don't, I don't disagree, but I think the, I mean, it doesn't matter because, you know, Brett, you're going to learn this one the hard way. Uh, George Lucas can't write romantic dialogue worth the shit. So I don't think it really matter. 
I don't think it really matters how old you make Anakin and how old you make Amidala. But I do, <laughs> but I do think making Anakin the same age as Padme just kind of fixes that creepiness because right. we're not really sure. It's there's a lot of like crossing signals. Like is Padme just like a naturally nice person? Is she like flirting? Is Anakin flirting? You know. Oh yes. And plus having an older plus having an older actor in there kind of like fixes some of the some of the line readings. Not that they would get any better because the script's kind of bad, but it just kind of like tweaks it a little bit. And I think it makes more sense from a thematic element, right? Because the crux of the movie is like, the whole third act of the movie is basically like, Anakin's too old. Well, he's fucking nine. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, why is nine, why, they never explain why nine is too old. No, they never did. When we well, see Luke, most of it, I think. Sorry, I think most of it is the younglings. Like they start their training at like you know four or five. They get plucked from their families and then yeah. So but like at like, nine, he's four years behind. Granted, you know, like obviously he was advanced, but he was the chosen one supposedly. I mean, he's an immaculate. Yeah, he's an immaculate conception. So that yeah, you know, I completely forgot about that until I watched it on Sunday. Yeah, that's one like, of the things. That's one of the. Here, like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things that, like, you kind of forget about was, like, oh, yeah, Anakin's, like, supposed to be Jesus. <laughs> it's just, like, Anakin's space wizard Jesus. Like, that's kind of that's kind of weird. But, no, I just think it makes more sense from a think – think of it this way, right? Luke's 18 at A New Hope. And I don't mean to be constantly paralleling Luke and Anakin, but it kind of makes sense because they're both from the same planet. Uh, their father, father, and son. father and son. Spoiler alert! Uh, oh, <laughs> and they share a lot of the same personality traits, right? They're naturally talented pilots. They're headstrong. They're overly protective of their friends and family and the people they love. And you know, Anakin at nine, it's just kind of weird. Like you make Anakin fourteen, right? Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, whatever. You make him a teenager right? He now understands what leaving his mother actually means. You know, at nine years old, he's saying, I'm going to come back for you. And he means it, right? Like he, he thinks he really is going to come back for her in like a year or six months or whatever and come get her. If Anakin's 14, you come to understand that Anakin's never going to see his mother again. And Anakin knows that. You know, a 14 year old Anakin knows that. And him taking off in the ship, you know, going to the droid control thing or whatever, you know, that's not viewed as childhood naivete. That's like recklessness. That's like the exact thing that they're worried about. And I just think a teenage actor is better equipped at handling the kind of the fear and the underlying kind of un uneasiness that you know he's supposed to portray right like I don't believe that this nine-year-old kid is gonna grow up to be a genocidal monster and maybe that's the point but I just don't I think if you make Anakin 14 it fixes a lot of the issues with like the wider trilogy because then you get you can establish the Padme Anakin relationship is on better footing he's you know 
his childhood his childhood wonder is replaced with teenage recklessness. He has a better grasp of his station in life. And that desire for freedom goes from like this, goes from this, like, I want to go to Disneyland type mentality to like, I need to get out of here. This is fucked up. I'm a literal slave. You know what I mean? To like that angst. And that's kind of what makes a new hope so good is that Luke's so, so angsty to get out. So I think if you make Anakin older, it fixes a lot of those issues. Uh-huh. If you change nothing else, like if, if Lucasfilm said, George, you can fix one thing and release an episode one special edition, I would hope that he would just like take Anakin out and throw in like a 14-year-old. But he'd probably put yeah. in more Jar Jar. So let's talk about Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, all right. I just I I'm 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 I guess I'm not really a huge like movie critic. Like I always feel like I don't really hate too many movies or hate too many things about too many movies. So like I don't hate Jar Jar like everybody else does. Like he's not the best character, but he's not like the worst. No, the worst are the uh the horrible Chinese or Asian stereotype characters that uh the gun no not the trade federation guys yeah the guys that anakin kills on mustafar uh those are the worst characters in the whole trilogy yeah brett you've been awful quiet uh yeah you know we need brett where are you at you know this is your first time watching them where you know you're kind of binging so i'm kind of curious to see how your perspective shifted from going from the original trilogy straight into episode one in a matter of days. Yeah. So I only got partially through episode one. Um, I would say it was not the most entertaining one just compared to like, I mean, you start with like four, five, six, like those are like crazy. You get a bunch of like pop culture references. And it was funny because I was like kind of live texting some of my friends is watching like episode four and five or whatever. And like right when they start off five, like I'm like, Cause I didn't know any, like, what are these animals called or whatever. So I'm like, what are these like snow kangaroos called that they're like hopping around on in five? I guess they're called like tauntauns. Is that, is that correct? What they're called. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, no, I really, I mean, I really enjoyed four and five. I think it's pretty crazy how good the CGI was for when these movies came out, what, like 79 and 80, I think were the release years. So, I mean, are you watching it on, sorry, are you watching it on Disney plus? Yeah. So okay, I got, check like, out the, some of the check out some of the extra stuff, like how they actually did it. Like there was so much, like the Death Star was like claymation. Oh, re- was it really? Yeah, something yeah. like that. And yeah. and here's the thing, Gret. Here's something that yeah. you probably don't know, is that the the version you're watching isn't like the original theatrical cut as it came out in 1977 or 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, in like the mid 90s, George Lucas went through and. <sighs> added a bunch of computer cgi effects so like what you're watching is like four ver- like four versions removed from the from the primary the release yeah okay the one the original cut of star wars is locked in a disney vault somewhere okay we're yeah, never, one- we're, nev- we're never gonna see it I truly believe Lucas destroyed the original negatives. I truly, I could I see that. I could that. definitely. He's that bitter. He was that bitter about uh, Lucasfilm being bought by them too. So I could oh. see him doing that. 
But one thing that kind of struck me as interesting, like I was watching episode four, I had like no idea what's going on. Like, and all of a sudden, like they're on the Death Star and Darth Vader's absolutely just like annihilates that planet Alderaan. And I guess like Princess Leia, she had some like, she had some homies down there or something. And she didn't have any, yeah, she did not have any type of like visceral reaction other than like a shocked look. Like, (laughs) I mean, I got the impression that she's pretty cold blooded, like, she didn't freak out at all. I mean, she got more like upset when Han Solo got carbonized or whatever in episode five, like she showed a reaction then, but when her planet gets yeeted out of existence, she barely even had any type of emotion. So, so I was like, I'm like, what's going on with like, is she okay? Like, I think part of that's the writing too and the direction. Cause you know, George Lucas was, if you, you should watch when you're done with the whole series, mm-hmm watch the empire dreams. Like I think Mitch said on Disney plus or Spartan dog did. Um, it's fascinating how he thought he was totally fucked with, with star Wars with episode four and he oh, went really? way over budget. He was like a month behind and Fox was about to ditch the movie. And, you know, and part of it was the, the directing, like he just was basically just had one thing like better, faster, better, faster, better, faster. And, you know, I would assume that part of that is his script and, and lay and Carrie Fisher was a little new to acting and was just like, okay, I guess I'll do this and see if George likes it, but you need mm-hmm. to watch that. It's, it goes so much more in depth about what, what you see in your analysis too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, this is, this is kind of cool. Like I, this is, it'll be cool to like go through, go through these with you mm-hmm. because like everyone I know in my orbit has seen the, have seen Star Wars. So it'll be kind of interesting, you know, when we get to episode two next week, what you think, you know, yeah. or like when, when we get to episode eight, you know, it'll be kind of, it'll be kind of cool to see what you, you know, what your reaction is to, to some of this stuff. So yeah, and I got it. I got to admit, like, I love the empire. Like I kind of rock with like, I mean, obviously like they're the bad guys, but they're just so everything they do is just cool. Like Darth Vader, everything he does is just cool. Like the stormtroopers, they're just cool. Like right. I didn't get okay, Jordan, one question. Jordan, I'm going to need you to scale it back a little bit, man. What? Okay. One question I have <laughs> is why like, okay. Yeah, after, uh, after like episode five, why did, no going into five, why did they go to that? Uh, like an ice planet. I just like, they could have chosen anywhere and they go there because it's remote, but still you could have, I don't know. I just, yeah. And they literally filmed on location too. So it was like, that wasn't a set. That was the real deal too. So it, it looked real for a reason. All right. Yeah. So back to Jar Jar. Yeah. I think if you lower Jar Jar's voice an octave and hmm. you take away some of the inflect like you take away like the misa the me He's like supposed to i know supposed to be that clumsy annoying but i, I screw everything up He's I, there to make kids laugh yeah and i'm not saying i'm not saying take out the physical stuff i'm just saying if you lower his voice an octave and you maybe take away some of those more annoying inflections like the misa and the Ooh, you know shit like that I think I think Jar Jar is like a potentially kind of cool character. Like he's like this exiled, like he's this exiled dumbass. 
And so you made him sound more like the head Gungan. Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly. If you if you Mr. Gungan. Voice, yeah, Mr. Gungan. Um, and you know you can keep that kind of annoying, weird inflection. Maybe when he's speaking his native tongue to the other Gungans, you know what I mean. Like you can have that. Right. You can kind of have that back and forth. I think, you know, I think there's kind of a cool character locked in there, but it's just he's so out there and the voice is so like ear bleeding that like you can't get past it and all you want is for this motherfucker to die in the most painful way possible. <laughs> you know I was really I mean? hoping Anakin would just chop his head off in episode three. So that it's just awesome. My my favorite thing in episode two is the first person to greet uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin when they get to the, when they get to Palpatine's lair is, is Jar Jar. And they're walking into Palpatine's office or whatever. And Jar Jar like turns to the camera. <laughs> it is just like there for like three seconds. Like, it's just like, oh, a, oh Yeah. Just like a fuck you, bitch. <laughs> like, oh yeah, suck it, suck it, fans. Um, I'm back. You didn't like me in episode one, well. <laughs> so, so is Jar Jar kind of like Rick? Is it, that's kind of like the vibe I'm getting <laughs> from Rick and Morty? Uh, no, sexual no, spoiler. no, no. He's talking about Rick. Rick. Oh, Rick Dunaway. Okay. <laughs> I was like, way less sexual assault. Probably has the same mental capacity. Yeah, they're they're uh, prob they probably have the same amount of brain damage. Jar Jar smart. Um, Jar Jar channels that into <laughs> Jar Jar channels that into sticking his tongue out and stepping in poop, and Rick channels his energy into sexually harassing stalking waitresses. Yeah, stalking Bridget waitresses. from Crappy Pills. Don't, yes. don't forget, Jar Jar like looks up and like this giant camel just rips ass in his face too. <laughs> Yeah, that was. <laughs> who's watched? Uh, who who's watched Clone Wars? Anyone watch Clone Wars? I'm like I'm, I'm like I'm, not season the, one. Season I'm, one. It, I'm I gotta get done. It. I'm almost done with season two. I've been I've been distracted okay. by Community and Always Sunny. I haven't. Okay, I don't want. I, I don't want to spoil anything. Though. It's I'm not. I mean, I kind of know. I mean, I know how it ends. Anakin becomes Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, like. Well, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. But like during it, Jar Jar meets. Uh, or not he meets, Jar- they, Jar Jar goes on a mission. Um, I think Qui-Gon still, would Qui-Gon still be alive? No. He might be, I don't remember. Between two no, three. yeah, because it's two, right? So then, yeah. must have been Obi-Wan. He went with Obi-Wan to some planet to help another Gungan or something that um, Jar Jar is in love with. And like, yeah, so then there's I, two uh, of them. I... I, I skipped the Jar Jar episodes. Like I skipped, I've skipped all the Jar Jar episodes up to this point because they don't take place and they don't take place in any arcs. They're kind of their own episodes. So I was just like, if I see Jar Jar, I just skip it. Cause I know it's yeah. not a part of an arc. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, like Clone Wars is like hyper, hyper serialized where basically there will be like three to four arcs of like three to five episodes a season. And then there's just kind of like one-off adventures and Jar Jar is never a major player in any of the arcs. He's always got like these one-off adventures and often he's the subject of the episode. 
So it's pretty easy to tell early on, like, oh, this is a Jar Jar episode, and you can just skip. <laughs> Poor Jar Jar. Good, Good to know when I get that point. So, but like I said, if they had just lowered his voice an octave and like, and you know, toned down like the Misa Misa, like at some point when I do what I do, Jar Jar kind of turns into that lady from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> You're like Mr. happy, Mr. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta get me out of here. <laughs> I think I think an overall thing with with the the prequel trilogy, and this is my last my my final words on episode one, but it applies to two and a little bit of three. If you had, if thought, I mean George Lucas could do whatever the fuck he wanted, for good reason. But if Fox was kind of like, look, we want these movies made, but you need someone to help write these movies that can sharpen the dialogue like Lawrence Kasdan did, you know, for Empire Strikes Back and for Return of the Jedi, and maybe suggesting a different director, which I didn't realize this, but I read that Spielberg was, uh, he was, he, he was going to direct it if he had the free time, but he didn't have the free time. So, here's so that would have been really interesting. Here's the thing. I know Spielberg was um, was like this close to directing six. I mean, he was like Oh, Return of the Jedi. That's it. My bad. Yeah. He was like it was like a it was like if they had if they had been able to move shooting back a week and a half, Steven Spielberg would have directed episode six. That's right. Um, but the thing about the prequels, and this is kind of one of the cooler parts about it, is that it's so singularly George's vision. Because he self-financed the movies. So basically, Fox had no financial stake in the movie. They were just a distributor. Mm -hmm. They just got to put their title in front of... They just got to put the 20th Century Fox logo before the movie began. They had no say in anything. They didn't put up a... The only money they... The only money that they were invested into the prequel trilogy was like the shipping costs to get the reels to the theaters in some marketing. Yeah. So that, so that's why like no one from Fox stepped in and was like, Hey, right. This script's a little fucked up. Where's Lawrence at? Can he fix it? Like I I understand, you know, that's why I was, you know, he did, he did finance him himself. So, I'm sure Fox had those conversations behind closed doors, but they're like, he paid for these movies. So we're just, we're just enjoying the profits from them. Yeah. And one, this is like the last thing it's a, it's kind of just like a smaller, whatever thing is like, so Naboo, I have a lot of questions about Naboo. Um, Mainly being, why isn't it Alderaan? I just feel Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I just feel like if uh, if Padme's from Alderaan, like it makes a little more sense why Leia was there, and like we never seen it, so we don't know what Alderaan looks like. It could very well be what Naboo is. You know what I mean? I just don't understand why why Naboo, you know, why Naboo is an Alderaan unless it was like another level for the video games to go to. But I have like another planet. I, I guess I have I guess I have two two questions. Well, one we know why Leo Leo is on Alderaan because she right got because that was by... Bail Organa, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, 
why was Naboo electing a fourteen-year-old queen? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that that's the thing that doesn't make. That was my other thing. It was like, okay, the guy, whatever his name is, I forgot his name. He says they're a democracy, but they have a queen, and she's like fifteen. So, and she was voted. Yeah, I don't understand why. Yeah, they just voted. Like she's been queen like six months, I think. So, why? One, why is your head of? Why do you have a head of government called a queen? And one thing I kind of noticed too, from you know the Clone Wars is like I don't think the planetary rulers, like the heads of planets have that much power because it just seems like the senators are the ones always kind of making legislation and things like that so like i kind of understand like i kind of fucks with the separatist movement i guess is what i'm trying to say because it's like why the fuck do we elect all these officials and have these structural monarchies in place if like some shithead who who lives like 20 light years away is gonna dictate our dictator policy anyway yeah and i also and i get why they had to be oblivious to it but it just how could you not tell the palpatine was a bad dude oh oh my god I, <laughs> oh my god when, when i saw episode three with my mom um we were in the theater and <laughs> when when he when palpatine becomes the emperor you know that whole the lightning just you know, yeah, 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 yeah. crushes his body, then he puts the hood on. Some lady in front of us was like, Oh my god, he was the emperor the whole time. <laughs> oh. My mom and I looked at like, and it was like, uh, if you ever seen the animal with Rob Schneider, not many people have, but like, there's a part where the guy where one of his friends says, That bitch is dumb, talking about a different dude. And my, my mom and I looked at each other like, like, did we just hear that? Like, it's like uh, Dumb and Dumber with Lloyd looking at the thing. Oh, no way. We landed on the moon. I just had to blip that in since it perfectly segued into that observation. Yeah, yeah it's kind of it crazy how there's <laughs> like an entire religious order, religious peacekeeping, governmental, whatever you want to call them, order, who whose entire job is to like seek out for sensitive people. And they were just yeah. like, and they were just like 40 feet away from a Sith Lord. And they just like, <laughs> whatever. Like, I just don't they understand. Know. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't and, know. Yeah. Anakin and Obi-Wan can sense worms in Padme's, uh, in Padme's bedroom, but I have no clue that they're standing in front of the most powerful Sith Lord to ever exist. Yeah, the the assassination attempt on Padme is going to be fun to talk about next week because... Oh, God, I forgot about it until now. <laughs> Great. So, uh, Brett. Yes. So, because you're not familiar <laughs> with Star Wars, there's a lot of ridiculous... There's a lot of ridiculous nomenclature going on. There's a lot of ridiculous names of just, like, side characters that only exist in, like the side novels and the novelizations of the movies and the video games, you know, even characters who have two lines are named. That's what's kind of crazy is that every single 
character you see on screen in a Star Wars movie is named because they want to sell toys. You're right. So, uh, Lucas and I devised a list <laughs> of names. It's good. It's really good. We mixed up whether or not they're real or fake. Okay. And you have to discern which is which. Okay. Mitch, don't say anything. All right. I've seen the list. Okay. All right. Maybe not the finished one, but I've seen the list. All right. Lucas, this was this was your idea. This was your baby. You can you can read it off. Okay. All right. You ready, Brett? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yaddle. Yaddle? Y A D D L E. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> Actually, it's real. Google it. It's female Yoda. It's a Yoda she with like on a the Jedi. She sits on the Jedi Council. She's yeah. on the Jedi Council in Episode One. She, she says no words. You saw. I didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't know she existed <laughs> until I rewatched it. And I went, "Oh, there's another Yoda on there." And then I saw the name and I looked it up and I went, "Oh, that's her." She's trashy looking. <laughs> yeah, she kind of looks like she kind of looks like a, looks like a green Mike movie. Gundy. <laughs> she really does. Yoda clapped them cheeks for sure. I mean, oh, that's, yeah, God. that's how we got. That's that's going to be in season two of The Mandalorian. Is just Yoda fucking pulling Yaddle's hair. <laughs> that's how the season opens. Just this cold open of like. <laughs> Tell me, I can't go boating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Vigo Savante. Vigo Savante? Yeah. No. Oh, good one. That's a riff of uh, Big Sav. Okay. Yeah. It sounded like a Italian, so. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to do with his name, so I figured I would just – it was my first one that popped in my head because he likes Star Wars a lot, too. Okay. Um. Okay. Salacious B. Crumb. Crumb, like no. breadcrumb. No. Yeah. Oh, 100% real. real. <laughs> he's like it's, that uh, rat. He's that rat looking motherfucker. In episode six. It's the one that goes, eh. <laughs> oh, God. It's that laughing rat looking motherfucker next it's to that little, like, next a cat to Jabba the Hutt. Um, Nico Lull. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She did, um, post, she did post a tweet today holding a lightsaber. So, you know. We can gonna, predict the future. We'll give you half credit. <laughs> there we go. She might be a Jedi. I'm going to I'm gonna get rid of the ones, or like kind of put a check mark by the ones I've said so I don't repeat. I don't know if she has the force or not, but she makes something rise whenever I see her. So. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. I said Salacious B. Crumb. Okay, Bigo Savante. We're going to go with Kit Fisto. Tit Fisto? <laughs> Kit Fisto. Kit, like a Kit Kat bar? Kit Fisto. Oh, Kit Fisto. Fisto. Okay. Um, that, I'm going to go yes. Correct. 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 Kit Fisto. He uh, was the – he See? looks like an octopus. Like he has like uh, tentacles for hair it kind of looks like. Yeah, like okay. green. He's green and he's got basically dreadlocks. Like big black eyes too. Okay. You'll, you'll so see more on, of them. Also, you'll see more of them in episode two. Yeah. yeah also on the Jedi Council. Um, Trill Balins. No. <laughs> I just had to put that one in there. You're I right. I like that though. 
That's Trill Bollins from Lights, Camera, Barstool that we listen to. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. E- Elon, like Elon Musk, or Elon, E-L-A-N. Sleaze Begano. Sleaze Begano. I'm going to go no. No, he's real. For, incorrect. It, he, it's real. He's a character. Yeah. He is a character. You'll see him, you'll see him in episode two. Um, yep. We're not going to spoil it for you, <laughs> but you'll kind of, you might figure out who he is because his name is literally Sleazebag. Okay. Yeah. So when you sit down to watch episode two, pay attention to someone who might be named Sleazebag. Okay. It and seems like a who, lot of people, a lot of characters are going to be in episode two. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of introductions. Yeah. There's, some, there's definitely some characters for sure. Um, Chairman Papanodia. Yes. Papanodia. That is correct. Yes. Correct. Yep. You got That's it. actually George Lucas. George Lucas made a cameo in episode three, I believe. Blue, right? Blue guy. Yeah. He, yep. He's one of like Palpatine's guards or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, Maga Michelle. That sounds cool. I'm going to go with yes. Nope. Nope. That's a riff off Mega Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like M comma A G A and then I did like Mitchell M H dash E L L Mitch L. <laughs> that sounds like a Star Wars name. Um uh hmm. Dodo Mapipias. No. <laughs> I don't mean it could be. It's it's fake. It's doo doo my pee pee ass. That was a thing that I say quite a bit. Uh, after Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. Not even after Cheerios. Um this is off topic, but or not off topic, but it's in that realm. True or false, the music in the Cantina and like and that they play also Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, when they're in Jabba's Lair. Is it called what's it called? Is it true or false? It's called jizz. Is that like a riff on jazz? I don't know. Is it true or false? I'm gonna go true. Yeah. Correct. George Lucas called it jizz. <laughs> I respect that. And then probably was like, oh shit, why didn't I do that? Yeah. Um Okay. We're down we're down near the end. Um I'm gonna go with uh zero the hut no correct no incorrect it's it's real zero it's, the hut yeah zero, zero is jabba's nephew. Um, nephew yeah i like jabba <laughs> he was cool pimp he just he just sat around and and tortured people that's king shit like a mobster <laughs> um that's exactly what he is odelia Bertamja. No, that sounds like a Harry Potter spell. You're correct. It's a riff off of your Twitter handle. Odelia and then Bretham with a comma, or excuse me, apostrophe and J. Like Bretamja. Um, and the last one, real or fake? Kai I Mundi. Kai I Mundi. Kai, excuse me, Kai Adi Mundi. Let's go real. Correct. He was the. Uh, he, you'll see him in episode two. He looks like a conehead with a beard. So okay. Oh, I was. Gonna, I was about to say he looks like somebody that we follow on Twitter. I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> 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 All right. 
that was a great way to end it. All right. This was a lot of fun, boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait to talk about episode two next week. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Because go. um, it's by far 10,000 billion levels by 10,000 billion light years miles, my least favorite Star Wars movie. Hmm. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this next week. Um, Even over gonna, seven through nine? No, way worse. It's way worse than nine, dude. Like at least nine is like, mm. at least nine is like black tar nostalgia heroin. Spiro knows, be, Justin yeah, Spiro knows what I'm talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> the vault. Episode nine is episode nine is at least has like a couple shots of nostalgia and a few cool moments. Like episode two is basically like this poorly written Shakespearean love drama. Yeah. Yeah, they're like Romeo and Juliet. So, episode nine is just like a big bowl of member berries. Like you just have to take it and eat it throughout the whole thing. And you'll and you'll like it. I, don't I got um I got hold on, two questions for Brett. Yeah. Pop culture possible pop culture references. Who shot first? Um, Han or Greedo? Ooh, who are they? Han Solo. Uh, Han Solo. Ooh. It, oh. In that would have been in four, right? Yeah. yeah. In the cantina, like mm-hmm. just after. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Just right after Yoda and yeah. or just after uh, Luke and Chewbacca dip, right? No, Chewbacca was still there. It was after Luke and yeah. somebody after dip. Luke and Obi Wan. Yeah, that little. He almost looked like, like a Squidward type. Um, yeah. yeah, the green guy. Yeah, who shot first? I, yeah, who shot first? I think Han Solo. Hmm. That's my guess. Yeah, you're correct. Okay. So okay. in the original, yeah. Yeah. in the original cut, Han Solo shoots first, like the original theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And then when George went back to change things about change change it up in the special edition. He felt that Han shooting first was like calloused and like kind of kind of out of character, which for an asshole like asshole scavenger who's like in debt to a mobster, I don't know if shooting first is out of character, but whatever. Um, he he changed it so that ever so slightly Greedo shot first and like he like shifts like it was like a bad photoshop effect yeah. where like han's head shifts but not his whole body yeah and then like to me it always even even now because like obviously like we're not seeing the original even now it still looks like it, it looks like han shot and then greedo only shot because he got shot and felt like fell forward yeah it here's the crazy thing is that it was like probably han shot first was probably the first huge massive internet fandom conspiracy movement whatever you want to call it and like i still don't know to this day or whether or not this this thing is photoshopped but there's like photos of george wearing a han shot first t-shirt <laughs> like i have no idea whether or not they're photoshopped i'm pretty sure yeah. they're real but the crazy thing is george had George released like two more special editions after that because the one that's on Disney plus isn't the Blu-ray special edition. 
it's he they were going to release all six movies in 3d back in like 2008 2009 and they Mm -hmm. started with episode one so and it it basically like as close to a flop as star wars can be that's what it was and they were just like all right we're never we're not gonna we're not gonna bother releasing the other five because i think episode one came out like two weeks before the market crash in 08 Mm. and then like a year and a half later it got bought by disney lucasfilm got bought by disney but the version you're seeing now is the 3d remaster and like he could have fixed it to where Han shot first if he agreed that that was a dumb thing to do and he hasn't. He's too stubborn. Yeah. So that's that's kind of weird. Yeah. And then the other is, uh, how do you feel about like the biggest, most epic pop culture reference in all of like movie history, the line, Luke, I am your father, not being nearly as epic and not even being Correct. actually in the movie? Yeah. You know, that that's a really good question because, I mean, kind of once – it was becoming inevitable that those two were going to meet and that was going to happen just based off like prior knowledge and whatnot of the, the movies. Um, when he did say that it was a little anticlimactic and then he kind of just like walks away after <laughs> Luke, like just jumps off or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was still a, a big moment just because obviously like it's been built up to that for me for so long, especially with yeah. all the references and whatnot. But yeah. I mean, definitely the line being way different than everybody says it is, I mean, it's a little like shocking to see in the movie. Yeah. It, and my mom, my mom told me about, cause you know, I was a little, when I saw the movie for the first time, my jaw dropped on the floor and she was like, imagine being in the movie theater in 1980 when this happened. Yeah. It's like the whole, like the biggest gasp I've ever heard in my life from one audience and I, I would, if I could go back in time, I would like to be in a theater when that moment happened. I think I would imagine it's similar to Avengers Endgame when Cap mm. grabs Molinier or, or when, or when Tony, know, says, um, yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, I think the closest, that was probably the closest it could probably get is Cap, is Cap wielding Molnir in Endgame or maybe Thor arriving in Wakanda to the oh, yeah uh, to the avengers theme yeah. in infinity war right yeah so or everyone you coming gone back for the and... yeah he should have gone for the head yeah he gone for the head so uh this was a lot of fun um yeah. i think you know i think i think episode two next week is going to be a blast mitch are you going to join us absolutely all oh, right yeah. so we'll be we back need, we need to close out on duel of the fates Oh, I was already planning on it, bro. Okay. Like, what do you think? Do you think I'm a fucking amateur? Like, do you think I don't know how to close out a, a podcast where we talk about I'm, episode I'm just, one? I'm just, you know, lobbing it up to you, man. Like LeBron and Dwayne in that meme, you know, lobbing it right up to you. Well, according to Spartan's update, you, you do run the pod. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> More like Shark, their page, another page successfully ran off Twitter. Hey. Oh, the, this one might have been the easiest we've, we've done. We got him. Bacon, he he oh, dug his bacon gone. wire making, bacon homeboy. wire making the Twitter streets a safer place for all. Homeboy, we are. homeboy dug him. Homeboy dug his own grave. We just kind of, we just kind of, we just kind of lowered the coffin. Yeah, and we kind of kicked the dirt on it too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, another so, day in the life of bacon wire. We're gonna go out on duel of the fates. Yep. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with Coach Dane Fife. Woo. Let's Boys, go. 
Go green. Go white. Go white. white.